1: Today on an all-new Dr. Phil, Drowning in Debt. I can't wrap my mind around the fact that you two are $624,600 in debt. You didn't even know that total till we gave it to you.
2: I didn't want to face
1: the. Can your marriage survive a money meltdown? You said you can't see being married to a man that can't manage money?
2: Yes. I'm supposed to figure out how to pay the bills.
1: The top five ways to get out of debt.
0: Stand by, Dr. Phil. And say it's a hard life But it's hard for us all Always hold
1: on Always no be strong Reach out 5, Five 4, 3 Okay, who here today is married? Oh, wow. Lots of people. All right, why don't you six ladies stand up? Okay, I have a question for you, okay? How much debt could your husband rack up before you would divorce him? Okay, look up at the screen. $5,000? If he racked up five grand, would you be okay? No. It'd be all right? No. Uh, Fifty thousand dollars. Yes. Yes.
3: Yes. 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 That's
1: one. <laughs> you, you might be kicking him to the cur- hundred thousand. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. He'd uh, be gone at a hundred. Five hundred thousand. Yes. yes. Okay. Got the yes. got the last Beyond. one. All right. Now, how about this number? Six hundred and twenty-four thousand six hundred dollars. All right. Sit down. If that is not the current amount of debt you are in. That's your debt. Uh, How do you feel about that? Not good. Overwhelmed? Overwhelmed. Scared. Don't know what to do. Have no clue. And you say your husband is responsible for most of that number.
2: For most of it, yeah, I think he is.
1: Okay. We're going to talk to both of you in a minute, okay? All right, have a seat. Now, whether your debt is $624,000 or it's $624, listen to this show today. Now, I know there are millions of you out there who are worried and overwhelmed about how you're going to pay even your mortgage this month, let alone your other bills. Well, let me tell you, there is a mindset, there is a strategy for dealing with these tough times. That's what I'm gonna talk about today. So really, I want you to dial in and listen to this. I wanna give you a plan that can help you get the best possible solution in what is clearly a bad economic situation. Now today, I'm talking to Pam and Chris, who admit they're in a financial disaster after 10 years of marriage. Chris is sleeping on the couch. Pam is ready to walk out the door.
2: Chris and I currently owe approximately $300,000 on our first mortgage, $162,000 to Elon, Sears $10,200, GM MasterCard $9,000, Macy's well, there's one that has a lighthouse on it, I don't know the name, I think it's $11,000, B of A seventeen. dollars my student loans are $48,000, my 000, parents 000, American Express $700, loan $4,500, 10000 student loan. so this all totals roughly to about $600,000. I didn't want to really add it up.
1: Well, clearly the amount of this debt is shocking, but even more shocking is they don't really know how they got there. I mean, how do you rack up that much debt? I I don't know what happened. It just one day it was there. Pam admits that she should have seen the writing on the wall.
2: When Chris and I first got married, my credit card debt was $3,000, and I only had an $80,000 mortgage.
0: My credit was pretty much null and void. I was on a cash only basis. I had filed bankruptcy to get out from underneath debt from my previous marriage.
2: Chris owed nine thousand dollars for back child support. Looking back, I should have seen some of the warning signs. I should have seen where we were heading.
1: So, how did they get in this much debt? Now. Clearly, we got a blame game going on here, and Pam says that 75% of this debt is her husband's responsibility. It's his fault.
0: It's very, very easy to point a finger at somebody else.
1: I think
2: Chris is responsible for about 75% of the debt.
0: I consider the debt 50% of hers, 50% mine.
2: Most of the debt we have is from Chris's daughter coming to live with us, for all of the gadgets he buys, projects he wants to start projects he never finishes i'm being sued because of chris's carelessness with money he has no clue about money management at all i I can't see any light at the end of the tunnel
1: well these two can point fingers all they want but that's not going to get them out of debt obviously and it's not going to get their marriage back on track now pam says it just may be too late for a bailout because their marriage is really on the brink
2: I'm on the brink of divorce because I can't stand being married to the man who, who doesn't know how to not spend money.
0: I do not want a divorce. Life is just going to hell really fast. I consider Pam to being withdrawn, vindictive, very negative. My wife and I fight daily.
2: I don't trust him anymore. My trust has gone to the toilet.
0: I feel like a second class citizen.
2: I feel financially trapped. I just can't believe this is happening to me. It's time to make decisions and move on with my life and then walk away.
1: Okay. Now, first off, we have to acknowledge there's multiple issues here, right? One are the financial issues.
2: One's, yeah, that's correct. I mean, that's,
1: that's, that's a really big deal. And in fact, it's the number one reason that people give for relationships failing. So that's one issue. Then the other issue is maybe it's directly from this or other things, but this marriage is not working, right? No,
2: No. it's not working.
1: How much of it do you attribute to the financial pressure and crisis that you're in?
2: I would say probably 75% of it. I I don't...
1: In fact, you said you can't see being married to a man that can't manage money?
2: Yes, I did. I said I couldn't stand it anymore. I talked to him about it. He just... I'll ask him something. He'll go to, the credit, go to the credit union and take out money he doesn't tell me that's an our impound account for our taxes. And I'll say, Chris, why did you do that? And he'll say, oh, well, I needed it. And it's, tri- it's, it's $80, but it's still the money that but, I'm thinking I have for taxes But at I the same time, I knew I was
0: having 300 coming back
1: that same day when I bought the paint for the job. But is that the point, or is the point that you don't tell her what's going on? And you guys aren't communicating about it.
2: both. He does it, and then he says he's <clears throat> getting the money coming in, and maybe two months later, we get the money coming in from the job he was going to do because he can't, he won't, he won't get, ask the people for money till he's done with it. So there, the money, the bills sit. I'm supposed to figure out how to get the money to pay the bills. Meanwhile, they're sitting there. He's not asking for the money. I rob Peter to pay Paul, and it just keeps okay. going.
1: But now uh, you're you're taking the role here of victim. Honestly, I mean, you're saying that he's victimized you in this.
2: In some, probably, in some ways, I maybe feel that way. But I also know it's my own fault because I, I probably let a lot of it happen.
1: Well, let, let's talk about that. I made a list. Before you got married, you knew he had filed bankruptcy, right?
2: I'm not sure if yeah, I knew I it before. I told her. I told her. I'm not sure about when he told me if he did. Before. It could have been before. I You didn't... knew he
1: had no credit.
2: Yes, I knew he had no credit. Um. But he didn't have any debt either at that point in time and he'd gone back well, no, to Well, because and, he had
1: taken bankruptcy yeah. which he
0: told you well i did have the student loans coming due soon but i thought it was, he was only up.
2: he he made his bankruptcy sound like it was only like for under ten thousand okay, dollars are you, are you
1: saying know. that you didn't have any warning signs because to me it looks like you had some clear warning no
2: signs. i had warning signs i think i probably maybe ignored them. i thought he went back to school i thought he was trying be something and he was making something out of his life and I thought maybe I thought those things maybe were things that just happened. Let
1: me just tell you up front I I don't buy I can't wrap my mind around the fact that you two are six hundred and twenty four thousand six hundred dollars in debt and you don't really know you didn't even know that total till we gave it to you did you?
2: I didn't want to face that I knew at least it was five I knew it was at least five hundred thousand.
1: Okay well when you got married your total indebtedness was $131,000.
2: Yeah.
1: For my okay, mortgage here's what marriage has done for you. Your debt's gone up 491%. You don't get to say, I don't know how that happened. You don't get to say that anymore the rest of this hour, okay? The rest of this show, that's off the table. You don't get to say that because we're going to talk about how it got okay. there. I'm going to make sure that you have an answer to that. Now, is this all Chris's fault? And he's going to tell you absolutely unequivocally, it is not all his fault. She says it's 75% his fault. I think they've made some bad decisions on many different fronts. And these may be things that you're dealing with as well. We're going to talk about all of that for them and for you when we come back.
2: This is the barbecue that Chris started, the hall closet, the heating and air conditioning unit. This is the car that he was supposed to fix.
1: I can spend money
0: very easily.
1: Well, we're talking about how money problems can ruin a marriage. In fact, it's the number one thing that does ruin marriages. Now, I want to give you a plan to help you get out of your financial crisis. Now, I know it seems really overwhelming right now, but you can learn to manage this. So today, I'm going to give you the top five ways that experts say you need to, things you need to do to get out of debt. Now, number five on that list is learning everything you need to know about your debt. That means you need to understand the fine print. You need to be clear on important things like interest rates and fees. Now, you can go to drphil.com, and you're going to have more on this step. Now, Pam and Chris are very clear about the exact amount of their debt because we've added it up and given it to them. It's $624,600. But what they can not agree on is how they got there.
0: Our current financial situation is dire.
2: I manage the money in the household. About two years ago, while I was in the hospital, Chris made our financial situation much worse. Chris spent sixty to a hundred thousand on God knows what. And he has the nerve to blame me for our debt getting out of control.
0: When I went to the hospital to ask her about the bills, she threw them back at me and says, you'll have to deal with it.
2: This is where our finances really started to unravel.
0: If I have a project or a goal, I can spend money. Very easily.
2: This is the barbecue that Chris started, the hall closet, the heating and air conditioning unit, my parents' motorhome. This is the car that he was supposed to fit. The way Chris is about finishing projects just frustrates the living hell out of me. He went online to Cash Call and decided to take a $5,000 loan out to pay the bill.
0: I told Pam it was 5.9 percent. Lo and behold, it's at 60
2: percent. The guy has a physics degree. He should understand what interest rates are. He has no clue.
1: Do you, do you have a lot of projects? I have start? a lot of projects. Okay, and you on. don't finish them?
0: I finish the ones that the funds are there for. And if you the don't one...
2: get bored with it, and
0: you and, get bored with and them real fast. The ones that. Um, haven't gotten done, have always run out of money, or I have already ter- determined to be a um, long-term like the barbecue. I knew that was going to be like a four or five year project because it's going to take a lot of money you to put together. You also said
2: you get bored with them and you don't like to keep working on it them. It
0: takes you four or five years to put up a barbecue? <laughs> the, the barbecue is 20 foot long and uh, f- almost 15 foot tall with the center burners on one
1: side. Um, um, They've been taken
2: out. Well, I you know once build, I burned it.
1: But. You can build a house in a year. Oh, I know that. Let me, let me tell you something, because you know I've kind of cut to the, oh, the, I, into the chase on this. You're hugely in denial here. And you're playing semantics and justification games about things that are just not credible. It doesn't take four or five years to build a barbecue, okay? so and you're saying he gets bored and he quits on this stuff yeah,
2: he
3: gets bored she says
1: them. that 75 percent of the credit card debt is in your name most of it because you buy is in it's all in her name that 75 percent of it is your expenditures on these projects and tools and things that don't ever get finished is, is that true or false that is inaccurate that is inaccurate have, so have, y'all disagree about that yeah, yeah. definitely right, chris Let me be very clear. I've assessed this situation for days. I've read everything we've asked you guys. And in my opinion, this is certainly not all your fault. It is certainly not all your fault. I'm gonna talk about that. But if you don't acknowledge some of these things, you're getting ready to get a divorce. I know that. I don't think you do. Because if you do, you wouldn't be a right fighter. You wouldn't be in here trying to justify things that aren't justifiable. Look. We are in tough economic times right now. I'm and s- you guys have scared. collectively created some problems. But if, if one of you is either delusional or, or one of you is just simply not owning up to the situation, and the reason that's important is you can't fix what you don't acknowledge. Now, you say, and I'm reading this as a quote, 75% of the credit card debt in your name is Chris's fault, not responsibility, fault, for spending too much on projects and tools: seventeen thousand on Visa card, eleven thousand on a second credit card, ten two on a Sears card, ten thousand on your student loan, nine thousand on General Motors credit card, twelve hundred on Macy's, and you two have refinanced your home.
2: Yes. We have.
1: To the tune of one hundred twenty-one thousand dollars, you got an e-loan home equity line. For one hundred and sixty-eight thousand so dollars,
2: we refinanced to get rid of the equity line of credit once to a three hundred thousand dollars mortgage. Oh, I'm getting—that's
1: my next oh, okay. line. I'm getting there. So, so we got one twenty-one, one sixty-eight, three hundred thousand, uh, and then you can't remember all the unfinished products because there are too many: eight thousand barbecue, five thousand garage, three thousand wood-burning stove, two thousand bedroom closet, uh, cabinets at your mother's house, guest room closet. You've got so much debt here. Why do you care what's in the guest room closet? You can't afford to have any guests.
2: I just wanted it back to being a closet. Everything was piled out in the room. I got sick of looking at it. So I this wanted isn't it
1: back. all Chris.
2: Back looking at it.
1: She, she would tell me to do a project. I never
2: meant to say it was, or made you feel that it was all Chris. I do take some responsibility of it.
0: I mean, I would get a project. She would say, I want my closet back as a closet. I want my hall closet so I can put things into it. But it was a closet
2: I, when you took it apart. Why couldn't you? You told me you couldn't Look, use the wood.
1: This is math, That's not definitely. magic. You can't afford that. That's right. If you're keeping your stuff in a box in the garage, you can't afford to redo a closet. You don't own your home anymore. The bank owns your home. Now, we've calculated how long it's going to take you to pay this debt off. And I'm going to tell you that when we come back. Pam's not just playing the blame game with Chris. She's also pointing fingers at his 20-year-old daughter who lives with them. I'm sure that's generating some rent income. We'll discuss that when we come back.
2: Chris's daughter is a big financial burden. I'm tired of paying her way.
0: I am not gonna just kick her out.
2: She's going on 24. She needs to grow up and get the heck out.
1: Well, today I'm talking about what to do if you're one of the millions of Americans that are in serious financial trouble. I mean, you're worried, are you gonna be able to pay for your house, cars, food, what about the kids, holidays. I mean, all of these things are so much pressure on people right now. And if the fear and stress over money problems seems overwhelming, I want you to know that there are ways to manage this, but you've got to understand this is math. It doesn't matter what you think you deserve. It doesn't matter what you think you should have. And you have to start redefining some terms. You just have to take the word fixed out of your vocabulary. You can't think of your income as fixed. You can't think of your expenses as fixed. We've been counting down the top five ways that you have to use to manage your debt. Number four is honor all of your debt as equal. It's never okay to not pay something. If you want a bill to go away, you need to pay it plain and simple. It, they just don't go away. You can go to drphil.com for more information about this step as well. I'm talking to Pam and Chris. They are on the brink of divorce because they are over 600,000 bucks in the hole. Pam says that a major thing that's contributing to their financial mess is what she calls Chris's freeloading adult daughter, who she says Chris refuses to kick out of the house.
0: My wife believes all our financial problems are due to my daughter living in this house.
2: Chris's daughter is a big financial burden on us. Five years ago, Chris's daughter moved in with us and we spent about $75,000 on her medical expenses.
0: My daughter has become an excuse for the problem. It really ticks me off.
2: The crux of the problem is in his daughter living with us for free. Chris refuses to charge her rent. We bought her furniture, bought her clothes, painted the bedroom, get her hair done, got her nails done.
0: I am not gonna just kick her out.
2: I'm tired of paying her way. She's going on 24. She needs to grow up and get the heck out.
1: Okay, why isn't she paying rent? Because I haven't asked her to. Because she you only told has a part me time.
2: that you didn't have to pay rent when you lived at home with your parents at that age, and she didn't have to pay rent, is what
1: you told me. That's true. I did say that. Y'all could make money as ventriloquists, because <laughs> I, I thought I asked you a question, and you threw your voice, and it sounded like Pam was answering. There are some talents here. That's, that's a trick. You Listen, you can't afford for your daughter... You can't afford... To be living there yourself. L- listen, I told you, I, I want to deal with the financial issues here first, then I want to talk about the relationship issues. Okay, because listen, you guys are teaching tools, right? I mean, I'm yes. here to help you, I'm gonna bring you resources to do that, but everybody at home's going to school on this. And here's the deal, when you get in financial trouble, you have to deal with reality. You have to deal with reality. This stuff you're saying, I didn't know what he was doing, I didn't know this, I didn't know that. You're out doing these refinances of your home. Biggest mistake you can make. We'll talk about that in a minute. But you've got to deal with reality. You have a justification for everything. I can ask you a yes or no question. I can ask you, tell me the temperature. You're going to give me an essay answer, aren't you? I bet you were good on essay tests. No, I don't write well. Yeah, well, you talk, (laughs) you you don't talk well either. You make a lot of noise, but you don't make a lot of sense. I'm serious here, and this is about reality. Uh, We did a simple calculation. If you got average interest rate, which you can't get because your credit is so bad, do you have any idea how long it would take to pay this debt off? Look over your left shoulder.
2: probably 75 years,
1: 100 years. 83-year minimum. How old are y'all?
2: Too old, 55.
1: Yeah. So do the math, you'll pay this off at about 135. So you can't get there from here. You, you just nice. can't get there from here. So you've got to start making some realistic decisions. I have some reinforcements here. Amelia Warren Tiagi is a personal financial expert and author of All Your Worth, The Ultimate Lifetime Money Plan. Now, she's here today, she's been here before. Amelia, thanks for being here.
3: Good to be here, Dr. Bill.
1: Could they have made bigger mistakes?
3: Wow. I can't think of any. Uh, You know, you guys need to prepare yourselves. I I hate to tell you this, but I think the first move you may need to make is to call the bank and see if you can give that house back. You don't own that house anymore. You're $150,000 underwater, and right now the smartest move is to walk away and find an apartment you can actually afford.
1: Because they've refinanced this house to where it's it's they're upside down in it, right? They just can't and and there's no way that they're going to get that paid off. They're going to get out of that,
3: and that's the worst kind of debt you can take on look all debt is bad debt There's no such thing as good debt, but you put that debt on your house You put your house on the roulette wheel gambling you can make every payment every month
1: Okay, now let me make sure you understand what we're saying here when you have your house you, you have a homestead exemption here. And, and if you have trouble, financial trouble, you have to go bankrupt, you, you have people coming after you, they can't take your house unless you refinance it. And if you've refinanced your home, you've taken a home equity loan, you've now collateralized these other loans with what was protected and it's no longer protected. And that's what you mean when you say you're putting it on the roulette wheel. It's no longer exempt. They can come and get your house. Now, Pam says a divorce might be her only option, especially because of the inheritance she's gonna receive. We're gonna talk about whether that's gonna go down the rat hole when we come back.
2: Chris thinks my parents are an endless money bag, and I'm scared that when my parents die that he will drain me of the inheritance money. I don't want Chris to have access to any of it, and I think the only way to achieve that is through a divorce.
1: Today we're talking about how stress and fighting over a financial crisis can just tear your relationship apart. Now, if you're worried about money and overwhelmed by the stress, there are things that you need to do. You need to change the way you think if you're ever going to get out of financial trouble. Now, we've been counting down the top five ways to get out of debt. Number three is obvious. You have to make larger payments on the debt with the highest interest because you wind up with the kind of projections that we were talking about before with an 83 year payout, you gotta get rid of that high interest debt. Now, look, go to Drfield.com. we're gonna give more information about these steps, we're gonna have other things there. Pam and Chris um, aren't even making a lot of their minimum payments. In fact, they're just not paying some of their bills at all. Pam says she's ready to walk away and just wipe the slate clean. Chris says, look, that's not the answer. He doesn't want a divorce, and he needs his wife to talk to him without blaming him for everything. Now, let us you understand that we're into survival mode here. A lot of people in America are in this situation. They're in survival mode. This isn't about how you can sock something away for old age. What we're talking about here is how you survive. What did you think when Amelia says, you probably need to walk away from that house?
2: I think I've pretty much come to that conclusion before I got here, when I emailed you. In and first that's not in. a happy thing. No, it's not a happy
1: and thing. Do you get
0: that that's where you are? I understand that's where we are. It's not what my goal was. It wasn't the
1: goal at all, and I don't want to lose the house because I don't, even though my name's <clears throat> on it, I don't consider it mine. Okay, but this is, we, what we said is we're not going to be in denial. Right. This is like you've fallen off the back of the boat, you have an anvil tied around your neck, and you have to swim to shore now when somebody comes and says look cut the anvil loose and you've at least got a chance of making shore. but right now this house is like an anvil around your neck you are upside down in it and there are so many people in america that got into these homes with subprime mortgage and one thing and another and there's just no way to get out of them true
3: yeah it's true this problem is happening we've got millions of people out there losing their homes and you know not all of them <clears throat> made the kind of mistakes you all made, but it's happening everywhere.
1: Are they candidates for bankruptcy, in your opinion?
3: For you folks, I would say walk away from that house and try and pay off your debt. I don't think we need to file for <clears throat> bankruptcy right this minute, but I would still get on the phone with a good attorney just in case.
1: It okay, comes why that. not? Why not file bankruptcy when there's $624,600 in debt?
3: Well, I tell you why, and there's two reasons. The first is bankruptcy ain't gonna help with your student loans. You're looking at what is it, 75,000 between the two of you in student loans. Those are following you anyway, and now we've got 450,000 on that house. And if you're going to give the house back, hopefully you can work it out with the banks, and that's going to be some negotiation that they'll take a short sale on that house and you can walk away. There's six vacant houses out where we're at right yeah. now. The
1: bank did not want the house, right? I mean, they don't want the house. They want the money.
3: They want the money, but they also get the dry lemon principle. There's folks walking away from houses all across. You may need to file from bankruptcy, though, to get them to take that house okay, back. Let's be
1: realistic you here. You, you do anticipate an inheritance coming down the pike, right?
2: Of some sort from my parents, yes. Right. I don't know how much okay, exactly. And but- if
1: you get that inheritance before you get bankruptcy protection or before you get yourself out of debt, it's gone, true? Wouldn't that be sucked in as an asset to the... To to the estate for bankruptcy?
3: Yes, it would, Doctor Phil. Yes, it would, and any creditor can come and and tap your bank account. You know, you said you're getting sued. They're going to go after whatever's in your bank account and take it out. That scares me to death.
2: Because I don't have. That's. I mean, everything I had went in my house when I only owed eighty thousand. I put seventy-five thousand cash in it to have it built out of money I had previously. So, I am willing to walk away from it as much as it hurts, and I know I need to, and it's, it's scary.
1: Okay, but the good news is you two have a great income, right? I mean, th- we have something to work with here, whereas a lot of people are in these positions and they just don't have uh, income to fall back on. At least, you know, we have a cash flow here.
2: Yeah, but so, my income is limited.
1: Well, it may have to get unlimited. We, we may have to do some things to bring it about. And I understand that's not as easy as said and done. Now, Pam and Chris's money troubles are really just the beginning. Uh, She says she's just not attracted to her husband anymore. Chris says it's been four years since Pam has attempted to be intimate with him. We'll talk about that when we come back.
2: I don't want to be intimate with Chris because I think he's fat. Some of the things he does disgust me.
0: Pam has compared my advances towards her that's right. I don't want to sleep with them.
1: Well, today we're talking about how the battle over finances can push your marriage to the brink of divorce. Now, I know millions of you are stressed about finances right now. We've been counting down the top five things you have to do to get rid of that mounting debt. Now, you can find these steps on drphil.com. Number two is always try to make more than the minimum payment. If you've got debt, you gotta try to accelerate its reduction. Now, I've been talking to Pam and Chris. They say their debt is not the only struggle in their marriage. They may not agree on how they got into financial trouble, but they agree that their sex life is non-existent.
2: Right now, I really don't find Chris sexually appealing at all.
0: Pam hasn't initiated any type of advances towards me in five years.
2: I don't want to be intimate with Chris because I think he's fat, selfish, clueless. Some of the things he does disgust me and I don't want to sleep with him.
0: Pam has compared my advances towards her as Ray. I've just been sleeping on the couch.
2: It's really hard to be loving and affectionate to someone who's created all these problems and really takes no accountability for anything. I don't know if I love him or not.
1: Tell me why you think she's having a problem with you in this regard. Hmm. I I consider
0: some of the issues that that are, um, I have gained probably 80 pounds since we were married. She's an excellent cook. I have... You um, don't cook much anymore. No. Um, Some of so the other things, uh, I don't know why, because our communications
1: don't exist. Okay. Do, do you not know why, or do you not want to think about why? I don't... Do you think she respects you? No. Do you think she trusts you? No. Do you think she relies on you as somebody that's gonna be there for her mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, in, in any way? At this time, probably no. Do you think this has become a parent-child relationship? I consider,
0: it feels like I am a child in the house. I'm being told what to do, how to do it.
1: So how, how am I doing? You're, doing? you're doing
2: okay. I'm not, wouldn't have thought about the parent-child. Uh, my god you talk
1: about him like he's five years old you you, well
2: he doesn't want to make any decisions it's always you figure it out (laughs) you know money you know how to do this you don't know i I don't know how to talk to a predator i I don't know how to address problems well you gotta do something i you know
1: and so you do all this right
2: so i do as much as i can
1: and isn't that a parent-child relationship
2: I guess you know, we have to apparent, shepherd yeah. him along.
1: He doesn't yeah. know how to talk to people about bills. He doesn't know to how for, to read the yeah, fine print to, to know the him. difference between 5.9% and 60% interest. I've tried he, to
2: help him out, I, you know, but it's, if I help him, then it's just, I get to be, it gets to be dumped on me to do all the time. There's no, I have not found a way to, to, to get him started or help him and let, he'll keep, take it over and keep on going with it. Like Elon, I'm not on it. We get behind you get the delinquent with notice well they won't talk to us when we're be behind they won't talk to me when we're on when we're current and i go chris is sending letters that say they will and, and when i call them and, they, he, and, they I, they and I and i and they say him. well
0: you're behind until just, you're current we
2: won't I make any refinance don't understand do that i just don't understand it do, they won't do, talk do y- to me because i'm not on it
1: do y'all notice that you both talk at the same time a lot <laughs> No, seriously, Probably. do you notice that? Yes. Because you say we don't communicate, you can't talk and listen at the same time. And you both talk at the same time an inordinate percentage of the time. And I, I asked you if you thought this was a parent-child relationship and you wanted to discuss a phone with an e-loan collector.
2: Only because of the fact that trying to get him to take, make phone calls to do things, which is a parent-child, I guess, relationship.
1: So that would be a dairy. yes.
2: So it would be a yes.
1: Okay, let's take a break. I got a yes. Um, So where do Pam and Chris go from here? I mean, is Pam going to file for divorce? Are they going to try to work it out? I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll be right back. Well, today we're talking about how stress and fear over finances can impact a marriage. And that's so important right now because a lot of you out there are dealing with this. I get that. Uh, if you're worried about money right now, we've been talking about ways that you can work to manage this. We're counting down the top five things you can do to manage that debt. Number one right now, which is cut up all of your credit cards. You can't spend money you don't have. You can't borrow your way out of debt. It just doesn't work. You're going to find, if you go to drphil.com, I've got five more things you need to do to manage this debt. Now, okay. Look. Right now, you're in serious financial trouble. You're going to have to make some really hard-edged decisions to get out of it. Uh, I think Amelia is exactly right. I-, I think this this house is like an anvil around your neck when you're swimming ashore. You'll never get it paid off. You'll never get out. You don't make enough money. You don't have enough discretionary income to start reducing the, the amount of money you're upside down so i mean if you stay there if, if they stay there they are headed for bankruptcy right oh absolutely okay and if you get rid of the house then maybe you're not but if you stay there there's you're insolvent there's there's no way you don't own the house anyway no we
2: don't
1: you, you quit owning that house when you took out three hundred thousand dollars worth of loans against mm-hmm. it which were more than it's worth and and the and the people that loaned it to you forgot what are they thinking they're not going to get their money back. You're not going to get to keep your house. This is a lose-lose for everybody. That, that's that's the reality here. You are, somehow or another, you've got this kind of attitude that if I don't think about this, it, um, it, it just isn't there. But the point is, this woman's going to divorce you if you don't man up and get involved in working through these things. You've got to come up with a plan that the two of you will stick to.
2: And I think right now, when I do lose the house, I don't know that I wouldn't file for divorce.
1: Okay. Is that where you are?
2: Because it just, that's, that's the last straw. I just, I don't, I, I just don't, the trust isn't there and I'm f- afraid to stay any farther. I'd rather, I just want to get my stuff squirt around and get myself squared around.
1: And that's what you want to do? That's what I want to do. And how do you feel about that?
0: I would consider a divorce a failure and failure's not an option in this. I don't see divorce solving the problem financially. Or anything. I can understand the trust issues. I can understand why she would want to divorce because of the house, losing the house, and it was one that she acquired from previous uh, monies that she had. But how's that going to fix tomorrow?
1: She's not divorcing about the financial situation. She's divorcing because you have been unplugged and you've not been a partner with this, and she feels alone. And she's saying, if I'm going to lose everything, why am I going to keep dragging him? right
2: that's basically the way i feel right i
1: lose it all why why do i keep dragging him that's where she is and your job is to show her that you want to plug in and partner through this situation to land on your feet again that's your job what you're going to have to do that or she's going to wind up divorcing you and i'm I'm trying to give you a wake-up call to say she needs to understand you bring something to this for her mentally emotionally physically spiritually financially Management-wise, all of that, you, you've, got to, you, you've got to plug in here. You, you can't just keep explaining everything away. You've got to plug in, and you've got to convince her. Well, today we've been talking about financial crisis and how it can tear relationships apart. It's the number one reason relationships fail. And Pam, you're saying you're at that point, but there, there are two things that I, that I want you to do, if you, if you would, the two of you, Chris, Pam. Number one... I want you to sit down with an attorney that can look at all of your debt and all of the things that, I mean, get all the cards on the table and examine the strategy. Do you need to give your house back? Which I think the answer is going to be absolutely yes. And do you need to take bankruptcy? Which may or may not be true depending on the pendency of this inheritance and that sort of thing. I want you to make informed decisions. You've not made informed decisions. So we are going to make that resource available to you. We're gonna, we're gonna locate you an attorney in your town that will sit down with you and, and talk about this. And Amelia, I'm gonna ask you to stay plugged in with these two as well. Uh, and let me tell you, she'll tell you the truth whether you wanna hear it or you don't. Um, and, and it'll be right, by the way. And secondly, before you decide to pull the plug on this, uh, I do want to arrange a counselor for the two of you to sit down and talk about ownership in these problems. And, Chris, you're going to have to, you know, I said you're going to have to man up. You're kind of like, well, I don't know. It's here, it's there. I just, I, I was working on this and I didn't finish it. If, if that's the way you're engaged here, you're, you're headed for divorce. I told you that at the beginning of the show. But I, I want you to have the opportunity to declare a new day. And Partner with your wife in a different way So I want you to do those two things before you pull the trigger. We'll do them right away I'm not saying this is going to be like a six-month thing. Are you willing to do that? Chris I am Okay Uh, Amelia, thank you for for being here and and for plugging in with you too And particularly in these financial times you want to pick up a copy of Amelia's book all you're worth the ultimate lifetime money plan It has reality, it has action, it has verbs in the sentences and gives you some strategies you need. This is a time to save money, but don't save money on that book because it will help you. (laughs) All right, thanks for being here, so long.